sound so familiar and yet so difficult to pinpoint. Harkening back to the early 20th century when it graced orchestral arrangements and big band swing, with Everybody Loves the Sunshine, written by Roy Ayers, all the way until now, sometimes a textural metallic wash of sound, the exposition of the Alabama shakes sound and color, an instrument of percussive and harmonic families merged into one, the vibraphone. It was eighth grade. I was 13 years old and had been exclusively playing the drums for the past five years. In terms of mallet percussion instruments, I had only ever known what a glockenspiel is, or those toy xylophones with the rainbow keys you play with hard plastic yellow mallets as a kid. I used the little metal glockenspiel for my high school drum audition at Oakland School for the Arts because my friend told me that drummers who play melodic instruments have a higher chance of getting accepted. A couple major scales landed me at the school playing the vibraphone, a massive horizontal piano-xylophone hybrid with metal bars, low on the left end, high on the right. It was the one instrument the school had that none of the percussionists had taken up yet, and I was the first percussionist summoned to do so. I thought I would give it a shot. The instrument came up to my elbows when I first held my mallets and my hands over it like a kid sitting at an adult dinner table. I wobbled on my left foot and operated the pedal with my right so that the notes could sustain at my expense. Like a kid trying to ride a bike for the first time, I attempted to coordinate the pedal and the notes I was playing, anything from one to four notes at a time, two mallets in each hand. I was trying to achieve the perfect balancing act. It didn't help that I needed heels to play because it was always too tall for me and I couldn't stand on a block or platform because then I couldn't operate the pedal or move from one far side of the five foot long instrument to the other. But soon we became inseparable. I would come home from school around 5.30 p.m. every day commuting from Oakland to San Francisco and practice the vibraphone for at least an hour and a half a day. At least that's what I was told was a good amount of time to designate to the instrument in the beginning. 30 minutes sight reading, 30 minutes technique and scales, 30 minutes learning songs. I learned jazz standards from the real book to build my repertoire and practice playing with four mallets like Gary Burton. I was commended as a star student at the art school, having made tremendous diligent progress in such a short amount of time. But like any good friendship that grows together with time, there were countless hardships, and those words were easy to get to my head a little too fast. Others, I had learned, had started on their instruments far earlier than me, and no matter how many hours I spent practicing on the vibraphone, it seems I just could not catch up or I would play a performance in the presence of a professional musician whose approval I seeked, but they would hardly notice me because I had messed up on my improvised solo. Sometimes I felt like there was so much about the instrument that I still did not know, and that weight made mastery seem far, far away. This would sometimes make me question if I would ever be good enough to make it a career, or good enough for people to care or go out of their way to hear what I had to say but it was only because I failed to recognize what the instrument and what my relationship with it had meant to me, not anyone else.
I had forgotten what made me want to play music in the first place. The emotion, the personal expression, the dynamic and sweeping and unique harmonies that only the vibraphone could produce. And the more I got in touch with that, ironically, the more people seemed to take an interest in my playing and the more opportunities I received. I hadn't even been aware how much it helped me find my own moral compass, helped me learn to tolerate the journey to mastery and improvement like an adult, and my talent and maturity grew with it. Its silvery tone, whether playing jazz, funk, indie rock, or simple ambiance, became an escape, a therapy, conducted and carefully crafted into audio, composition, honoring people who have passed or who have loved me more than anything in the world. And when I remember the sound of the vibraphone, I remember how much those memory fragments of my adolescence compiled, accumulated, growing into the kind of person I always wanted to be. For WNSR, this is Sasha Berliner.